0: The message today is the first half of a sermon preached by Brother John Morgan Owens here at Zion Primitive Baptist Church. Brother John Morgan has been exercising a preaching gift under the authority of Zion Primitive Baptist Church for several years. And this morning, he takes the text from Job 1 verse 21, where Job says, The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. In this message, Brother John Morgan doesn't focus upon the book of Job, but rather upon God as the great maker and taker the one who has made all things, and also the one who has gloriously taken on some things on behalf of his children. He took on him the form of a servant. He took upon him the sins of all of his people. Brother John Morgan shares some rich truths from the scriptures regarding this thought. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
1: Long ere the sun began his days, or moonshot forth,
2: Go with me over to the Book of Job, the Book of Job, Chapter One. Now, just a little uh, setting here. Job, basically, every uh, earthly possession that Job has has now been taken from him. Of course, I, I want to reiterate this: that uh, God has not taken these things from Job. Uh, Satan has afflicted Job. Okay. Now we do know that God uh, protects his people. He keeps the hedge. Okay. So it's not as if uh, Satan could have gotten to Job without God allowing it, but nonetheless, the affliction was of Satan. Then Job arose, in verse 20, and rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground, and worshipped. Can you imagine having everything in this world stripped from you? He, He loses all of his children, he loses all of his possessions, all he's got left is his wife, which I've heard people joke about that. Satan knew what he was doing when he just left his wife there. <laughs> uh, she certainly, she uh, certainly was a discouragement later, but nonetheless. He, he falls down on his face and he worships and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He worships in the midst of his poverty now. But I, I, wanna, I want us to hang on this phrase here. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. I want to talk to you tonight about the maker and the taker. And I want to I begin by looking in Genesis chapter 1. You all know this by heart, but there's a few things I want to highlight for you. I want to talk about our maker and Job said that, he, that, that God had given him everything that he had. He said, he gives, he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, once again, I want I to just for clarification's sake, Satan took those things away from him. But, but it also said there that he did not charge God foolishly with the things that he said. Okay? It, is, it is always appropriate to stand before God in faith and worship Him because... He didn't promise you goods. He didn't promise you family. He didn't promise you any of these things. He promised you, through the blood of Christ, a seat in heaven with Him in glory. Now that, He will not take away from you. Okay? We have the Maker. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, if you don't believe that, you're going to, have a, going to have a really tough time with the rest of this message, okay? <laughs> and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. We see this. Brother Chris was talking about this this morning. And talking about the Trinity. We see the Trinity at work here in creation. You see... God the Father, you see God the Spirit moving upon the face of the waters. And then he says, and God said, You have a word, some action of God, which in John 1, let's flip over there with me. John 1. In John 1, we read this In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So this Word, this Word of God, is the the action of God. It is what created everything that we see. This world. And, And just in case you think that that Word is still talking about something else, if you look over here in verse... Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God that came down, was made flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So some people might say to you that, that when Jesus was born on this earth, that He uh, he was created, that He came into existence. Well, the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, Amen. this, this uh, third part of the Trinity, right. and that He was there in creation in creating this world that we see. Right. And not only that, I, I believe that the Scripture teaches us that He was the very centerpiece of creation Amen. in that all of it was for Him. It, it was as if God the Father was was giving His Son all of these gifts. All of creation is for Him. All of the angels are to sing praises to Him. You were made to serve Him. And when we get to heaven, when you get to heaven, out of the blood of Christ, out of His grace for you, you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be singing praises to Him. There's not going to be a throne sitting there for for you to praise yourself Or for anybody to praise you for getting them there to heaven, we will be laying down everything that we have before the Word, before Jesus Christ Himself. All right, Psalm 118. I want you to flip over there now that we've got some of that groundwork laid. We're talking about the Maker. Psalm 118 and verse 24. We all know this. It says, This is the day. Which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't that such a special thing to think of it when you wake up every morning and you think about this is the day that the Lord has made? He has, he has created this world, everything that you see, and he has, he has created this system whereby the sun comes up in the morning and you have oxygen to breathe. And you have things to eat to give yourself energy to go through that day. And at each step that you take, you ought to be living it to the glory of God. Because He gave it to you. It is a gift. Everything that you have is a gift from Him. But notice this. That that is a true application of this Scripture. But I don't believe that that's exactly what this is talking about. Look at this. Verse 21 says, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. You know what something that is within you as a child of God, whether you can articulate this or not, you have had a yearning, a burning in your heart. You know that you need a Savior. You know that you have failed. (laughs) Y'all, I have failed today. That's why I've, I've... hesitate to get into this pulpit because I know who I am. I pretend in front of you, but I know who I am. I need, I need a savior. I need salvation. Here the psalmist knows that. He cries out for salvation. Verse 22, the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And then he says, This is the day which the Lord hath made. Amen. Now do you, remember, do you remember when Jesus was here and He was preaching to the people there and the priests, the Pharisees, the people that should have bowed down to Him. The people who had been waiting for the Messiah but did not recognize Him. They cast Him aside. And what was it was a fulfillment of this. That, that the stone that the builders had rejected became the cornerstone of the church. Right. Jesus Christ, on that day... What day was that? That was the day that your Savior went to Calvary for you and He broke Himself for you. That is the day that the Lord hath made. All of this was about that. All of creation, all of your life has been a moment building up to your salvation on the cross as Jesus died for you there. So He's the Maker. In Ephesians 1, if you would turn with me over there, I'll give you this also. Now this is not just some haphazard uh, plan. <laughs> this is not just something that, that the Lord adapted to when we fell in sin. I want you to see this. In Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him, Before the foundation of the world. This is not just something that he just uh, happened to come upon, okay? This was something in his mind before he ever spoke those first words of creation. In Genesis, as you see the Trinity sitting there, this was something that was in his mind long before, long before you ever breathed a breath that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Many people would say that God wanted glory so He made us to fall into sin so that He could redeem us. That is false. You realize this. That if God had never made anything, that if God had never made you, He was still worthy of all glory just because He is. He is who He is. He didn't have to add any glory to His resume, okay? He made you in love. And we fell in sin. That was an action that we did. You say, well, I wasn't there in the garden. That's true. But I was represented there in the garden. I was represented by my father, Adam. So I'm a sinner by my nature. Before I'm even born, I am a sinner. But you know what else? I'm a sinner by my choices, by my actions, and yet the way that I live my life. I deserve the punishment of sin, but yet it is in contradiction to something else the love that God has for me. And so what does your God do in the face of seeing that? A righteous judge, does He take your sin and say, well, I love them. I'm just going to sweep it under the rug. I'm going to dismiss this case. No. Your God is so righteous and so loving that something has to be done about that. Either you have to meet the demands of the law, which you can't, or somebody else has to. Could it be? Could it be that God loves you so much that He would even bear the wrath of God Himself for you? That's what the Bible tells us, isn't it? That's Not only that, that is what my heart burns within me as He tells it to me. Directly in my heart. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. That's the only explanation that I could find of why He would, before the foundation of the world, look down and elect His people and predestinate them to be in heaven with Him in glory? It's because it pleased Him to do so. It wasn't, it wasn't just to uh, add glory unto Himself. He, he already had all of that that He needed. All that He wanted. He did it because it pleased Him. Do you, you get that? Can you, can you even believe that? <laughs> in the dark nights and, and your sin is overwhelming you. And you say, who am I? Believe this, child of God. It pleases the God of the universe to come down and to bear the wrath for you. It pleases Him to have you there with Him in glory. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Did it say that we would accept Him? Did it say that we must accept Him? No, it said we were made accepted in the Beloved. Praise God. It's such a simple and beautiful image of salvation. What does a primitive Baptist believe? That scares a lot of people. This is, this is what a primitive Baptist believes. That Jesus saved His people from their sins. That's it. So we have the Maker that even before the foundation of the world, as He saw you in love, as He chose you to be His child, as He predestinated you to be there with Him in glory, to be there with the likeness of Christ on you, that He then made this world. You realize that He didn't just say you know, some 2,000 years after He created everything, well, something's got to be done about this. My people are are going to hell because of their sins. I've got to I've got to step in and do something. No, this was something that was in his mind from the very beginning as he saw that we would fall. He didn't make you fall. <laughs> if you realize this, if he made us fall, then he would be complicit in sin. And he's not he doesn't do that because he's righteous. But he saw that we would. And out of love for us, he crafted this before you ever breathed the breath, before there was ever an act of creation in this world. Alright, so let's talk about the taker. Job said that you give and you take away. We see that God has made this world. I want to talk about the maker and the taker though, okay? Hebrews 2, if you'll turn there with me. Now this is the God who deserves all glory and all praise. You have not seen a king arrayed in such glory on this earth. You have not seen the wealth that God has. There will never be enough songs to sing about Him. There will never be enough time and glory and eternity for us to praise Him sufficiently. Now that's, that's this God that we're talking about. And in Hebrews 2, in verse 16, He tells us this, For verily He, this God, took not on Him the nature of angels, but He took on Him the seed of Abraham. So He took on a form of a man for you. He didn't come down. Some people believed Uh, Gnostics and others believe that, that Jesus came down, but yet He would not take on flesh because flesh is sin. No, He took on flesh. He became a man. He wasn't created in that time. He already existed. But He took on something. He took flesh for you. He took on weariness and hunger and thirst. And ultimately, he took on death, which is the most that you can endure, right? He took on death. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. This would be like if the president came down and said, I'm not going to take a salary. I'm going to live among them. That's what your God did. As that, um, as that mediator, <laughs> He stands in both camps. He stands as a man and as God. And also, Philippians 2, if you'll turn over there, it puts it even uh, more succinctly. Philippians 2, verse 5. I notice this. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, this ought to be our model. Okay? This is not just some great and beautiful thing that Jesus did for you. This ought to be our mindset as well. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You realize that Jesus is just as much God as God the Father. He is God Himself in the flesh uh, with us when He came to this world. But made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant. We're talking about the Maker and the Taker. He made Himself of no reputation and He took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now that is, that is obedience. That is, that is sheer, true, pure obedience. That He would go even to death. Now would you have done that? <laughs> would you have done that even for yourself? man, I would have chickened out. But Jesus, His love for you is so much greater than you could ever imagine that He would go through with it even unto death for you. He would take the form of a servant.
0: Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message.